That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Official beginning of podcast for this week How, how are you Thin Lear? Oh, this is just too formal. Salutations for me. What's going on with you? Tell tell the folks how you've been. Salutations to you. I'm really tired. Yeah, I just went on a, a work trip. Boo. Uh, Thomas says I look very energetic. Yes, and bright eyed. Sparkle in your eyes. So, yeah, maybe it's just the Zoom filter that's on here. But I feel ready to go and ready to entertain. That's what I'm all about. It's just entertaining. The masses. There's no business like show right. business. There's no right, business yeah. I know. When I fire up GarageBand to record this podcast, that's the song that's in my head. And I do think of this as show business. Mm-hmm. The business of show. Show and tell business. Am I right? That's kind of what this podcast is. Yeah, right? Do we have to, do we have to keep introducing the concept of this podcast? Are yes. we still doing that? Uh, because... I assume that anybody tuning in is tuning in for the first time. Welcome. And last Thank time. You. Yes. Well, and yeah. this final time. Uh, this is Losing My Opinion. I am Niagara Moon. I'm Thin Lear. And on this podcast, we're each going to show each other songs that we have feelings about and we have points to make and the other person does not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And we're past the point in our trajectory where we no longer just sit and agree with each other. I feel like we are getting a bit more prickly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably good for the listener because who wants to hear just two yeah. dudes agreeing on things? Yeah, it's you like, know, we, we started off with the big boys. If you go back to those early episodes, it's all Bob Dylan this and Paul Simon that, and and now we're we're starting to get a little more mm. into the weeds here, which is fun. Oh, we're in the weeds today. <laughs> well, somehow on this podcast, for two, I think fairly non-confrontational people, we find ourselves talking a whole mess of shit about bands we don't like, uh, and you all. Listeners seem to enjoy that, quite frankly. It seems you like sick bastards. You, it seems like you enjoy it more than when we're talking about music we love. So I'm not sure what that says about you or us, but regardless, uh, there is a whole genre of music that seems to bum the two of us out. And no, it's not grunge, though. I mean, I guess we could do a whole podcast on that, but I know we talk about grunge endlessly for two guys that aren't heavily into grunge. But there's another genre that we actually discredit pretty regularly on this podcast, like it's a joke. And I want to, similar to the Kiss episode, when we gave them a chance, you know, I had never really listened to them before. We gave it a shot. And you know what? We discovered that maybe we kind of liked their first record. A little bit. Sort of. In any case, it definitely did away with some of my preconceptions about the band. Some of them. And other preconceptions it reinforced. But... I want to conduct another experiment here in real time to capture some honesty. Uh, so this genre, I don't want you to guess what it is because it's, you're going to know it in three seconds, but it combines two things. And it's the best, the best of both worlds, really, when you think about mm-hmm. it. It's alternative metal and rock, right, on one I side. I knew exactly what this is going to be. Yep, keep going. And then on the other side, you have yourself a little hip-hop. You do. You know? So... And isn't that the ultimate sound for your ears, really? Like, how could you go wrong with that combination of things? I mean, hell, if Aerosmith can pull it off. Can they? Uh, so I, I thought, it's an okay song. Well, that's like, that's, 
that's like proto. You know, it's interesting because I was thinking when Didn't I was writing this thing, it was like train rolling for for what you're about to talk about in a way. It, it, you're right. You know, it's it's that walk this that way. sound that song the walk this way with Run DMC that that thing, whatever they did that did set the template for what we're about to talk about today, which is new metal. <sighs> but it, it seemed like new metal peaked artistically, and I use that word as loose as the loosest of terms sometime around 1998, 1999. So, you know, just in time for Woodstock 99, of course, just in time for that incredibly successful event. Uh, so that was when it was really blossoming mm-hmm. again, using these words loosely, the Renaissance as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're going to look at a collection of new metal hits from those two mm-hmm. years, right? Songs recommended by a combination of Reddit boards, playlists, my memory of TRL, uh, to really assess how we feel uh, about this genre. And now for the sake of purity on this podcast, just like we did with the Kiss episode, I took songs off that I knew you would know. So like the Limp Biscuits and Corns of the World are not, are not in okay. this playlist, okay? Um, one other note here, and this is like about as real as I'm going to get on this podcast. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Fancy Pants Thomas that I did not once listen to frankly terrible music. Oh, hey, same here. It's just a different kind, you know? A different breed? Well, I don't know what you were listening to in middle school, but there was a period maybe like 11 through 14 where I was just completely out of my mind <laughs> and, and in all areas of life, uh-huh. and it very much extended to my musical taste. Mm. Uh, I think this period was confined to middle school, maybe the first year of high school, and I was an absolute mess, so my taste was the least of my problems, but uh, I do believe it was an extension to that. And what I'm saying here is there are a few new metal albums that I owned, like I bought with, mm. with my money. Uh, I wasn't a major fan, but I did buy some of the things that MTV told oh, me to was buy. Was one of them System of a Down? Yes. Toxicity, I owned. I've heard that's uh, actually I, pretty I good. It. I never heard it. I, you know, I can't. You know, I said something about corn a couple of weeks back. Like, I don't even hate corn, I, I really. I don't either. I can't. I can't sit here and say that those bands are great because it's been so long since I listened to them. But I do remember. From what I remember, it seemed like there was something more interesting happening than I think. Like you know, Limp Bizkit or or uh, Stained or whatever. Yeah, a little, you know, a little more Tool flavor to them. A little progressive metal, what have you. I do. I do like Tool. I really like Tool, and I think I wouldn't even call them new metal. Yeah, they're their um, own thing. So I think it's just more interesting. But uh, but anyway, you know, sue me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't only listening to terrible music. My foundation was still solid, but there are some CDs that I should probably feel some shame about. This is like not like guilty pleasures. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the lyrics are too pretentious. It's like, no, this is legitimately, I should feel ashamed for owning some of those albums. This is, you've e- eaten an entire Cinnabon and you're wondering what to do with the rapper yeah. as you, uh, you know, go through that nausea. Oh, this yeah, this is exactly like that. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize anymore for that period of my life. Uh, but we can we can begin, and I'm gonna say right off the bat, you know, just like I did with the Kiss episode, like for all you new metal fans that I'm sure are listening to this podcast in droves, uh, you know, don't get upset. If something is on, is on here or not on here that you feel doesn't represent the the genre. I'm just listening to y'all. You know, I'm just listening to what the internet is is telling me and, and what my hazy recollection of middle school is reminding me of. Uh, right off the bat, I know this first band. Okay. 
I'll let you look at that cover art for just a second. Is this Rock the Party? This is, yes, this is Rock the Party. This band, they're called P.O.D., which stands for Payable on Death. So we're starting mm. off strong already. I know a song they do called Alive, which you probably know too, maybe. You've heard it in I'm like sure. a mall, yeah. in a Hot Topic or whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, I also know a song called Southtown that I actually remember enjoying. Mm. So, I'll, and I'll, I'll be honest with the listeners on this podcast, if I liked something and I no longer like it. Uh, I vaguely have it in my head that they were like a Christian band or that they were just positive leaning. Uh, so there's a message here. And the message in this song uh, ostensibly is that they rock the party. So let's listen. Let me know when you're in there and, and let's get this experiment started. All right. And, and so the, the song title is Rock the Party and then it's off the hook in parentheses, which sort of reads to me like there were maybe two ideas for a song title and maybe they compromised and and had both but um all right so here we go i've not i've not heard the song or if i have i don't remember it and thomas is going to do his best to give us an honest this is a hundred percent not my genre at all but we'll we'll give it a shot here no i don't like i to thought rock. you were gonna know all these I'm, songs I'm, i said it last week i'm frail i'm delicate i don't like my my pounding guitars mm-hmm. and my my chugging my pounding drums and my chugging guitars i don't do it but i'll give, sure. I'll give it a, the honest college sure. try here Okay, all right, here we go. He's going to be real with us. Mm. I don't need those record scratches. Okay, here we go. No. Uh, It's like crappy Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, you got some texture there. Vocals aren't bad. They're not, no. Oh boy, am I watching Fast and the Furious right now? Tokyo Drift? It does. <laughs> it is like a Fast and the Furious song, yeah. It doesn't seem like there's like a difference in the chord changes between the verse and the chorus. Who cares about chord changes? True. Um, okay i think we could probably assess how we feel about that one so confident in itself (laughs) it is quite confident it's it's strident it's like this is you know what you're in for it's time to party you know they are pretty confident in that they're rocking the party uh you remember the show flight of the concords yes do you remember how whenever they were playing a gig, they would always be playing a song like "We Like to Rock the Party," be like "We Like to Rock the Party." He likes to rock. It was like vaguely, yeah. Every yeah. time they played, yeah. So I thought of that okay. when I saw the song title. Uh, this record, which it was called "The Fundamental Elements of Southtown," had this song on it. It went platinum. It was like a really big introduction to new metal mm-hmm. to a lot of the country. So this is like, this is the 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 beginning so this of the whole is new movement. metal too interesting yeah i would have almost uh, pegged this as like uh like electronic rock like adjacent to the prodigy they're more of a 90s oh, group interesting it's like it's music for rave it's like rave music for goths or something you know that's that's it's like really party, interesting maybe take. you're doing drugs but also like your emo like it's in that little nice venn diagram 
it is in that Venn diagram. That's an interesting take. I mean, you you remarked on that DJ scratching. Which that I don't need. That's I'm the only sure. part that I'm like, get that the fuck out of here. The other stuff is... It's funny. Yeah. It's all over. It's exactly the same tone. It's exactly the same tone. It's all, it's all over these songs. That sucks. Uh, it's like that dentist drill sound <laughs> in EDM. That's just like one annoying noise. Yeah, it's like a trope you don't want. Yeah. Uh, the bass tone, I'll say... It's kind of mm-hmm. hot. Drums are solid. You know, if you're trying to party, the, you're, the, you're coming up on Molly. Like, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that something that I sort of remember about this genre is that, like, the riff isn't knocking my socks off. Like, for how hard they're kicking ass or, or whatever they're doing, shouldn't it be, like, a really catchy, heavy riff? It's a little light in the low end. Yeah, you're... Light in the low end. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not super dynamic. That's the other um, thing about this period of, of uh, music recording history, I think. Um, the loudness wars were really... Weren't, weren't yeah. they like the worst in the mid-2000s? Wasn't that really when we were yeah. getting the, into choppy waters? This is pretty... This is a pretty mushy genre. Like, it's just... it's The whole thing is made and engineered to just be physically exhausting to listen to for more than like four minutes at a time. And they just like fucked up the dynamics and stuff. That's kind of, you know, like when I was doing, when I was listening to new metal songs for this podcast, which is like, I'm sure anyone who follows what I'm listening to on Spotify was like, what is he doing? What's going on with Matt right now? I can't track this guy. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm going to reach out and see if he's okay. Uh, I, it was it was fatiguing. Yes, fatigue. Like it was hard. And not just because it was like, oh, I didn't like the songs And not or just because you're, you know, not a middle schooler anymore. Right. And I'm not. Though I do feel like it sometimes... Uh, all right, let's move forward into the next track. All right. Again, I actually am also familiar with this band. This next song is called Push It by Static X. So This podcast um, used to be fun. I got to listen to this shit now. <laughs> this is what the people want, this man. Al- talk about stuff you like. Album cover no. is not... Uh... That album cover is great. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, the guitarist's name is Wayne Static, mm-hmm. and I have to believe that's not his real name. Yeah. I don't know if anyone have the last name Static, but I guess in keeping with the Static name, I recall he had a beard that was grown into like a single column down his torso, mm-hmm. and his hair was spiked directly upwards, mm-hmm. so his head was like a straight line. Groovy. Uh, I think for anyone who's interested in what that looks like, check it out, because he had one of the more memorable uh, heads, You are describing a look. I can't deny that. In uh, new Metal. I'm sure this is all getting you really pumped to listen to this song. Um, the song's called Push It. I'm assuming it's not going to be super lyrical, but I could be wrong. And this album is called uh, Wisconsin Death Trip. Wisconsin Death Trip. So this is like the sequel to uh, Iggy Pop's Death Trip? I guess so. He was Michigan, so now we're moving on to Wisconsin. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe this is what it sounds like once you cross over into Wisconsin. You know what it was... This this genre is certainly up front with its uh, visual aesthetic to let you know what kind of mm-hmm. experience you're in for. And anytime I saw it as a youth, I was like, no, it just stay, you know, it was a clear sign to stay away for somebody like me. And I do appreciate that. You know, there's honesty in advertising there. I want to come back to that concept of like the the image that this genre has, that it, that it presents itself as and that others uh, see it as. Because I think that, just based on the first song and what I remember of it, I, I feel like it's sort of off. 
Mm. And it's a little less extreme than yeah. we remember it. But all right, so this is Static X. Oh, God. Push it. Again, edgy rave music. This is more in that rave direction. They call their sound evil disco. Okay. And that bass is squashed out. I'm not getting that low end. I think all I hear is a snare and a wall of ass tone guitar. Yes. Can I stop you it? You don't like this? Can I stop it? Wait, are you? Um, stop he goes it. up with it. He goes I'm up with it. it. Goes, it's, uh, that is so much worse than the first one. Okay, so let's talk about why it's worse. It's I agree. It's nauseatingly repetitive and squashed <laughs> and ugly sounds and ugly feelings and everything. No, it's not dynamic. I love my parents too much, thinly. I can't listen to music like this. <laughs> we get along too well. I agree that it's not dynamic. Um I hear this song, I just envision a dude with a chain wallet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know it's, what I'm it's like, yeah, keep this for your, your goth rave. Tuesday nights, you can come in if you're 18. Just make sure to get your wristband and have a good time. But it, it's, I, um, I can't do it. It's, it's not for me. Um, I almost think there's like too much affectation to the goth rave crowd for them to even... <laughs> consider this as but something yeah, this that might they be would... bottom tier that might not be fair to them there's yeah. low end the lack uh, of low end is killing me i got it really upset i'm you. wearing headphones that really amplify bass there's nothing there it's sure. fucking squashed out sure there's also something else that sort of reminded me of the genre or how i felt about it on this song it's like what is that accent like where is this man <laughs> from where he is talking like that and i'm not just saying like the growl because like metal music has the growl but this is, is not he metal. trying to sound like zach de la roca no, I think it's like that just hyper-masculine thing where it's like you, you push your voice to sound as low and growly as possible. It doesn't sound like no James Hetfield, though, either. No. Well, it, it sort of lacks uh, character, but this is almost like trance new metal, mm. you know, going back to what you were saying before, and then it just never... These words are making me feel bad. Trance new metal, which we should make a t-shirt of that, lose my opinion, <sighs> just have a I'm like, trance I'm new like metal I'm like sweating uncomfortably now. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you if I was let's say fourteen years mm-hmm. old and like or let's maybe a little younger actually uh, and I'm in the zone with this yeah, song and locked sure. in, I could see myself enjoying it, but only in that trance state. Right. You got to get into the zone, yeah. Got to get into the zone. Um, all right, so let's move forward. I feel as if this is not a success so Were far. Were you thinking I would like this? I'm confused. No, okay. no, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, We're doing keep away to- next. We're doing Keep Away, which is a great name for a song. Uh, We have this album cover. So this next band, Godsmack. Again, I know this band. This is probably the most famous of the bands we're talking about today. Uh, I know that song they have called Voodoo, uh, which you might know too. But I don't know, because it sounds like you really tried to avoid this <laughs> I, music. I did, I did. No, no offense to people. If you loved this back in the day, if you made memories and friends to this kind of stuff... Great. I do not get it. It doesn't even like offend me as somebody who has strong feelings about art. It doesn't even offend me. It just creates like a visceral, uncomfortable feeling. And isn't that what all great art does anyway? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like right in line with Scott Walker. I'm sure he loved new metal. I'm sure he was jamming to new metal with his backwards uh-huh. hat and uh, basketball jersey on. But yeah, so I remember remember this band. I remember th- that song Voodoo soundtrack, the MTV show Fear. I don't know if you remember that show. I didn't have cable. Okay, so you don't. Nope. Uh, beyond that, I'm assuming they got their name from the Allison Chain song called Godsmack. Now that's a band that I prefer much more to these guys, but yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're absolutely fantastic. Uh, I remember the singer of this band being a little guy. Okay. And I like that because I'm a little guy. Uh, But I also remember that he does that like Creed singing where it's, again, it's hyper masculine. (laughs) Yeah, it's deep to the point that it's grating. Um, Like the crap that Eddie Vedder started and people started just like (laughs) copying it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. I feel like I hate this band. Okay. But let's check it out. Let's check it out. I do not like these guitar tones. No, they're shite, right? See where it goes, though. So. All right, that's a little heavier. It's just sounding like metal to me so far. These riffs are just so boring, though, right? Yeah. This is this boring? Cookie cutter. That's the voice. Drum's got a little flavor to them. The pattern. They really mess up that snare, though. They always jack oh, up yeah, the snare. Oh, yeah, the sound is terrible, but the pattern's a little something. Okay. We somehow have to make it to the chorus of this song. It's coming up. The new film by Rob Zombie. Yeah, well, he was part of them. I mean, he made songs uh-huh. in the genre. So did his brother. Here's a chorus. All right. Okay. okay. All right. That was um, both the most impressive and the most uncomfortable. So, like, it it was very more fleshed out and competent, but then also just distasteful at the same time for me. I like that one the least. Yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll tell you why. Like, it's so middle of the road. Mm. Like the last one we listened to is like uh, irritating and it's grating in a different way. Yeah, but, but it's it, something. It's for it's for the rave scene. Or yeah. Whatever. There's like a yeah. genre that it. Yeah. Uh, and then this is trying to get on top 40 radio this one the first one probably is the most fun out of everything with the dj scribbles yes yes the pseudo rapping we, did, we didn't know how good we had it back then yeah we yeah we didn't that was we should have just listen to that uh-huh. whole song uh something that i heard is like the lyrics are always really bad but he says in the chorus he says keep away from me and he says never misunderstand me it seems pretty clear what he's saying and he wants a person to keep away from him like how would someone misunderstand that but uh yeah, this is this is very boring. The riff is really boring. Also, Nirvana already did that with "Stay Away." I, you know, Kurt Cobain would have hated oh, God. this genre, right? He would have been like, "What have I started?" He hated Pearl Jam. So if he hated Pearl Jam, like if they were too like hyper macho for him, then this forget God. about it. Right? Any takeaways here? I don't feel like this collection of songs did this style of music any service. There are bands that I do know better, like Deftones, for example. I've heard of them. I, yeah. People call them new metal. Again, I think they're too interesting to uh, brand with that term, but like they have some songs I legitimately like. And I think I'm not going to play for you because I'm sure you would mm-hmm. hate it here, but 
The album White Pony, I, I do feel is a okay. good album still. I would stand up for that. These songs just were not hitting our sweet spot. And going back to what I was thinking of before, like, and you said it, I think people look at new metal as some like offensive, vulgar music. But honestly, it seems mostly just boring. Well, you haven't shown me. Corn had very salacious imagery. Cor- and sure. Limp Bizkit, I don't know, didn't they have like sexual in- innuendo and swearing and stuff? And we're not they doing did, those bands. But I think we're just talking about a few key offenders, okay. though. I think if you look at the genre as a whole, it's like very, especially the popular yeah. stuff. We're looking at this middle of the road. Right. I guess I only knew, I only knew those bands when you talk about this genre. So I guess yeah, sure. for good reason. Well, they're the they're like the Beatles and Stones oh, of, of uh, new metal. Yeah. Corn being the Beatles, Limp Bizkit being the Stones. Totally. Uh, I thought I'd be more surprised by what I was hearing or like alarmed by it, but mostly it's just like dull. Yeah, this is la- that last one. Keep away. That uh, again, as my older brother Gen Xer would say, that is butt rock. That is. That's butt that rock. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's 90s grunge wannabe, just bottom of the barrel. Yes. And we did, I, I think, the, from memory, that the two best bands of the genre are Korn and Deftones. And I, bands that I feel like probably have merit still. Uh, but that wasn't the point of this experiment. We're looking songs at that the we, overall genre and evaluating the, uh, you know, the maybe more forgotten uh, bands of the bunch. Right, so this has been a failure, uh, and I apologize to the listener. I don't apologize to you though, because um, you made me listen to Steven Seagal. So there's no he reason world to apologize better than this stuff. Come on, he he actually I would actually prefer to listen to him. Uh, we're gonna do one more thing. It's gonna really upset you. So I want you to click on this last link. This next song is just for my curiosity. It's a new metal version of a song that I'm pretty sure we both like. Okay, and I just have to hear it. Like, I have to yeah, know what this sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, Let's get it open. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you're, not, like, a little curious, right? I'm a little curious, like. but it's like, this is the monkey's paw. I'm going to be cursed in yeah. a second here. Wait, wait, you want to tell the listener what we're about to hear? So, this is a band called Spine Shank. Uh, spine great Shank. name for a band. I'm going to shank your spine. <laughs> I guess that's what they're saying they're going to do. Uh, and it's a cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. By George which I, Harrison. By, yeah, George Harrison with the Beatles. And I, and I um, think that, I'm going to guess that they did it in a really tasteful way. All right, here we go. Nine Inch Nails over here. Yeah, you got that. Oh yeah. You think they would have saved this part for the chorus? Yeah, where are they gonna go from here? Oh no. Oh, it's off. Full on out of tune on that part. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's actually my favorite part so far. That part. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Okay. So, 
Yeah. Hey, full points I'm not for creativity. Curious. They made that cover their own. They did. They made it their own. Yeah. Uh, that was a mistake. I'm sorry I opened that door. But, you know, it was exactly as advertised. Like, if I had to, like, hum what I thought it would sound like, it probably mm. would be close to that. Are you happy so, with yourself? Nah, I thought I'd be more, like, s- smug and satisfied uh-huh. with making you listen to that. But, like, I had to listen <laughs> you, to it. Yeah, so. you feel a little tainted now, don't you? I do. I feel gross. Do you have something that is going to cleanse oh, us? Oh, of- boy, do I. I'm very excited. We're already getting into okay. that, huh? Sure. Let's do We're it. switching it over. Oh, my God. Yes. I ha- All right. For everybody who's somehow still with us, I have the perfect antidote, <laughs> the anti-venom for today. This okay. is also Great. music that I was heavily into when I was 14, or at least, you know, starting oh, out. Oh, cool. We both went to that direction. No, 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 no. Um, no I am I am very excited. I'm really looking forward to this. This is hopefully, I believe, something everybody's heard of, or almost everybody. You know, I've been Mr. Obscure with my picks recently. I wanted to, to bring it back to the people. Um, this is uh, in the very first episode we ever did. I talked about, che- um, I was almost going to say Chevy Chase. I talked about Chubby Checker. Love Chevy Chase in this podcast and Chevy Checker. Yeah, Chevy Chase certainly could have used some uh, career guidance. Sure. Uh, so revisionist history. I'm imagining things that weren't but could have been. And I got very excited this week with uh, what I was charting out here. I, and I wonder if A, you'll agree with me, and B, if you're going to get as excited as I do about imagining what could have been. I'm going to talk about uh, a few different very talented people today. And, uh, you know, with each song, I'll I'll keep making my case more and more. But we're starting simple here. We are talking about none other than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm, Love it. You're you're a fan? I'm a big fan. And I, and I, it's, I I shouldn't be a fan because I typically don't like musicals or even movie musicals. I don't typically do. Same here. But the, the glam rock element of this I really like and Tim Curry mm-hmm. is just fantastic. Oh, you are uh, gonna be putty in my hands today. And there's some like some of those songs are actually pretty well written. Oh boy. Especially the opening tune I feel like is really good. It's like a you know Bowie B side kind of thing. I saw this for the first uh-huh. time, uh the first girl I dated in high school, shortly after I finished listening to the crap that we just listened to, mm-hmm. um, showed me this. And we watched it with her family, and it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Well, I could just let you do this episode today based on what you just told me. Um, But yes, we are talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, It was originally a a stage show from 1973. All songs written by Richard O'Brien, who plays Riff Raff, the the, the creepy uh, satanic mechanic dude who ends up betraying Frankenfurter in the, at the end. Uh, spoilers. Oh, man. Um, Ruining it for mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, it's not a movie that's, nor a stage show, I should say, that is about the plot. Uh, if you no. evaluate it from a screenplay perspective, uh, you're going to be very disappointed. But they, they lose they lose me in the third act. I don't know what's happening. They lose me by the time Meatloaf comes out of that freezer. By the way, that that yeah. scene also where he's about to bring Rocky to life and, it's the, and they're in the lab. God, that's tedious. But I love yeah. Rocky Horror. I loved it from the first time I ever saw it. Um, yeah. You ever seen it in theaters? Midnight Showing? No, but, I, no I, but I've heard of those, and I love that that's happening. Yeah. Like, I love the whole cult yep. around this movie. I, uh, I've seen it in theaters many a time. 
Um, they used to do it at a cinema near me. And even though I was only 14 or 15, I had a friend who was 18. So, ha, ha, get in there with, the, you know, Lucky Mr. You. Man driving the car and, you know, showing his, uh, his uh, license at the uh, concession stand. So I got to, got to enjoy many a showing back in the day. It's a fun, quirky little, little scene there. Um, I certainly can see why this has endured. The very first time I saw it, though, was at home. And again, as a movie, it's nothing that's going to knock your socks off. It's got great characters, great, uh, great look, a great feel, great performances. Tim Curry, hubba hubba. Yeah, he's the best in that. But I think, you know, one of the biggest reasons for its enduring appeal is its music, its songs. And you took my thunder already a few minutes ago, but Sorry. some of these songs, you know, even if the Rocky Horror Picture Show, if I didn't know what that was and I just heard some of these songs on the radio... You know, I'm a guy who likes T-Rex. I like a little, you know, sure. David Bowie when he was uh, still recording in, in Britain. Uh, Trident, you know, you got your hunky dories. You got your some, some moments on Ziggy Stardust. I love that whole scene and sound. And uh, yes, you're right there with me. Um, some of the songs from this Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack, particularly the versions, uh, if you listen to the soundtrack itself and not what's in the movie, although that I'm already splitting hairs, but... Because they overdub the actors' voices in a way that they... They, they have to adjust it. Yeah, Tim Curry's performances are still exactly the same on the album because he's a consummate professional performer. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, they had to tweak some stuff here and there. It's still awesome. Like, I loved all the songs, hearing them for the first time when I saw the movie. Maybe not all of them, but like most of them. Yeah, there's some clunkers in there. But there's some, yeah. you know, just move the plot along, you know, filler type of stuff, as you have in any, in any situation. But... Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover today. I got something I'm very excited to share with you. But first, as a refresher for yourself and uh, possibly as an introduction for the audience, I want to listen to the first song that plays in the movie, the first song on the soundtrack. It's a little tune called Science Fiction Double Feature. This is probably my favorite song. Um, this is Richard O'Brien singing it. Again, the guy who plays Riff Raff, the, guy, the mastermind behind Rocky Horror. And uh, let's give it a whirl. Yeah, I mean, it's so... It's so Bowie aping. You know, Bolet, Mark Boland, too. But, you know, that strummy acoustic with lyrics about spacemen. Also really like his singing voice, too. It's good. It's quirky. Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space this is how the message ran Science fiction I enjoy it without the image. You don't need the visuals. Yeah, but I don't need it, but I can't forget it. Yes, iconic. It's just enhanced by the lips. All-time great way to start your film. Yeah, the lips, a close-up, heavy lipstick, li- lip-syncing. Visual genius right off the bat. You know you're in for a good time. Francis stars in for 
Yeah, I mean, this is just like Drive-In Saturday. Drive-In Saturday, yeah, yeah I thought of that. Bowie, it's like insane. right yeah. there. For some reason, I almost envisioned like Sam Cooke covering it had he... Uh, that would be weird. It's like the tenderness that he sings about loving a woman. This weirdo from England is singing about the, singing all the monster movies werewolves. he loves watching yeah. as a youth. Yeah, it's like that same. Yeah, it's, it is very tender. Yeah. It's very tender, too. All right. So that's yeah, probably my, my favorite tune from the soundtrack, but there's a lot of highlights, and it really shows you the guy, you know, even if he's not the most musically educated or what have you, he creates a vibe. He writes great hooks. Um, either he or someone he can work with gets all the other musicians on the same page and you just, you know, you work your magic. You get a great recording. Um, I want to move on now to the other, of course, obvious highlight of the soundtrack and of the movie. We got Mr. Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. And uh, what do you think of Tim Curry as a vocalist? You know, he's, he somewhat talks, sings through some of the songs, but he... A little bit. He's like the great... He's like a great front man, though, in that... Um, his personality or his character's personality just pushes the song across and, and, you know, he sort of doesn't need the technical ability uh, as much as someone who doesn't have his, his presence of character. It's just, you know, yeah, he's, he's strong. Tim Curry is one of my all time favorite actors. You got him in clue as the Butler. You got him as a fucking terrifying clown and it, yeah. uh, he's in home alone too. Just anytime Tim Curry's in anything, I'm like, okay, tell me more. Just, isn't he in that movie Congo? Yes, he Harkamer. That movie <laughs> that makes movie's no sh- sense. That movie's shit, and, and he is, is so the best stupid. part. Yeah. He is so good in that crappy movie. His character makes no sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. he's from Romania or something like that, right? He's Nigel Thornberry. Yeah. Good, you know, we all we all love Tim Curry. Who who doesn't love Tim Curry? Come on, mm. those crazy bulging eyes, that that evil smirk. I love him to death. Yes, iconic actor. He's been in tons of stuff. You know, his career is awesome. Just his whole legacy. The fact it started here, this is his first movie. Um, before I keep... Really? I didn't know that. This is his first wow, time so on film. Confident. Oh, my God, yeah. And you see him in interviews. He's talking like, you know, I would perform this way for the stage, but I had to bring down all the movements. And, you know, you have to bring everything yeah. down smaller for the camera. It just picked up stuff so quick. Still pretty big. Yeah. He's still, his I mean, movements just the right big. amount. Come on. Yeah. When, he, when Frankenfurter shows up, you know, coming down from that elevator. That's when things really kick off. And we're going to listen to a little a little number by him uh, called Sweet Transvestite. And I, yes, he does talk sing a lot, but I want you to listen for those moments where he shows off his vocal power. Front and center. Okay. Here we go. How'd you do? I? Yeah, that little vocal fry. See, you've met my faithful handman. He's, he's swallowing all his words. When you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. But by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet Transvestite 
You look like you both pretty groovy. Pretty groovy. Oh, if you the accent is so memorable. This is your we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. movie. I'm glad we uh, It's like, you. it's a lot like, <laughs> that character. Uh, it's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, Rolling Stones fans will hate me for saying this, but like the way Jagger sings. It's got that same where, Jagger swagger. Or better. Does, does Jagger have an amazing voice? Like he does He it. makes you know, it work. He, it's his personality. He puts it across well. It's not like he's a songbird. He hits notes here and there, yeah. He hits notes a bit better than Tim Curry, mm, but... Um, yeah. You know, again, it's like the the force of the character carries the tune. Yeah, it's the singer, not the song, as Jagger would say himself. <sighs> and there's also there is a I always think of that song. There's like a Ziggy Stardust B side called "Sweet Head," mm. uh, and I feel like they kind of looked at that as inspiration in a lot of ways. Oh boy! All right, we're 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 getting more and more uh, closer to my 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 overall point here, my theory. Okay. You got the talents of Richard O'Brien, the mastermind behind the movie, the musical, all the songs. You know, he's got a good voice too. Tim Curry's front man, just exuberant energy. You, you're in a room with that man. You're having the best day of your life. His, his voice is compelling. It's got something to it. It's, it's distinct. Um, you know, isn't it a shame that we didn't really hear these two work together again after Rocky Horror? Yeah, it is. Um, do you have any knowledge on what richard o'brien kind of just did in general after rocky horror no idea i don't know anything i i just i i remember when you said oh it was riffraff that he wrote all the stuff right. like that rung a bell but beyond that no he uh after rocky horror you know got released and it took a while for it to catch on and become a smash hit you know for a while he's he's back in the the theater scene in england um, he wrote a few more musicals, you know, just purely stuff for the stage. I don't know if you can find any recordings or whatever, but, you know, he stayed active in theater. Um, I've been told I pronounced that word strangely, by the way. Theater. What? I, like, put an R somewhere. I'm not... That's all right. Okay. It's a little weird. That's <laughs> okay. fine. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, Rocky Horror eventually caught on. And Richard O'Brien in general... You look at his Wikipedia, the guy's done a lot of stuff. He's, he's done this and that, hosted that, been in this movie or that movie. Um, you know, nothing, nothing to sneeze at. But, uh, you know, when Rocky Horror caught on more and more, he became dedicated towards trying to film sort of, well, he put it as it's not a prequel, it's not a sequel, it's an equal. He, he wrote, he did the whole Rocky Horror thing all over again to make a new movie that came out in 1981. And again, he did all the songs. He's the mastermind. He worked with the same director. You never heard of it. I see a very confused look on your face. Wait, is this like uh, when that uh, Gus Van Sant redid Psycho shot for shot or it's something? It's a different... See, that's it's a different... No, no, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't even want to remember Vince Vaughn peeping through the, the hole in the wall there. Uh, no, he did a new thing, and it... It's like a spiritual successor to Rocky Horror. It's called Shock Treatment. Um, I tried watching it once upon a time. I didn't make it all the way through. It's on YouTube for free because nobody really gives a fuck. Uh, it's not a total failure, I would say. It's got some interesting ideas. Um, it's got some good songs, some good musical moments. A lot of creativity there, a lot of promise, but um, it was misguided from the start. You're never going to, it just makes you realize how much Rocky Horror was lightning in a bottle. And mm -hmm. you miss Tim Curry, you miss Susan Sarandon, you miss all these actors that couldn't return. And 
again, it's 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 doing like a social satire thing. It's very zany and weird and unpredictable, but it's just a big feeling of like, well, why are we doing this? What happened here? Um, it's got its little bit of fandom, and it's not totally forgotten. But um, you and probably everybody else listening to this is like, well, I didn't know there was like a Rocky Horror sequel. Shock treatment. Um, here's the thing. Some of the music kind of kind of dope still. I want to I want to show mm. you uh, the title track from Shock Treatment. Okay. This is Richard O'Brien singing it. it again. Um, I think it's different from the movie version because it's just his voice. I kind of prefer it that way. We're going to listen to a little bit of Shock Treatment. Just, you know, give me your overall thoughts on, uh, on what you hear here. Sure. So we're in New Wave land. Oh, yeah. Recognize that voice. That's tight. Those yeah. drums. Yeah. And the vocals. It's like uh, Rico Kasich or in the cars or whatever. Yeah, it's New Wave, baby. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's something here still, you know. He's 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 trying to make this new movie work. It flops. It was kind of misguided from the start. Everybody was telling him you you can't follow Rocky Horror up with a. What are you doing? Um, with a an equal. Rocky an, no, it didn't work. Um, you know, kudos for trying, but the guy's got some musical talent still. It it wasn't just a one and done with with Rocky, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, I mean I hear it. This is a that's a tight pop tune that. If you stripped away some of the musical theater aspects yes. from it, I think could work as just uh-huh. a regular old. So you might single. you might see where I'm going from here. Maybe not, but the last piece of, piece of the puzzle here, Thin Lear. Um, did you know Tim Curry uh, recorded three albums in the late '70s no. and early '80s, and like co-wrote some no co-wrote some songs? It doesn't surprise me because he seems like a real. Raconteur, kind of. He uh, he really tried to do the the singer thing for a while. Um, you know, three albums isn't isn't two. It's not uh, Bruce Willis there. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And it's it's uh, you know that's what I was digging into as well this week was uh, the 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 discography of Tim Curry solo. What if I tell you Tim Curry has a solo career? What what are your uh, expectations going in? What do you think we're we're talking about here? Probably. I mean, I just envision it sounding like more Rocky Horror type stuff like very strident maybe glammy i wish uh here's some people that he worked with bob ezrin okay that's uh, the engineer for pink floyd's the wall uh for anybody who doesn't right. know michael Kamen, who also worked on the wall and worked on the final cut big orchestral ambitious arrangements not always but you get some of that in there um especially in the, so in the first album he was working with those with uh, Bob Ezrin especially, it's a weird mashup. You know, you want Tim Curry's voice up in front in your face, you know, bright and sharp. 
It's got a yeah. little too much echo on it, a little too much reverb for my taste. Granted, I only listened to uh, the greatest hits compilation that I found on Spotify. Okay. The, the first, so it's three albums. The first one, it's all covers. Some of the covers, you know, it's nothing impressive, but it's, it's, it's not bad, but it's just this feeling of like, there's a lot of talented people in the room looking at each other and being like, I don't know, what do you want to do? <laughs> I can do right. this. Oh, you can do that. Oh, you're entertaining. I, I'm confident. Oh, we could make a record. You know, it's, but there's, mm-hmm. what do you need, uh, Thin Lear, when you make a record? You need, you, you need someone with the fire in their belly. Like as Roger yes. Waters says, the vision. The vision. vision. Who has a vision? Yeah. Who who made two movies from the ground up, and wrote a whole iconic musical that's lasted fifty years? Who do you, who do you think of in this orbit that might have a vision? The riffraff. Riffraff. Riffraff and Tim Curry. Why couldn't they make the the? Why couldn't they make albums together? I think we lost out mm. on like. To get the band back. Get together the band for... back together. I just need those two. Tim Curry works with a fine band you know it's very kind of standard of that era they're very mm-hmm. competent they could do a lot of things but it's it's missing the juice i don't know what happened between riff well i think what it is is richard o'brien was dead set on this this movie idea i wish he got off of that somebody told him to get with curry i i'm seeing two maybe even three classic classic albums that never were oh you gonna say classic, classic. all right i just i mean rocky horror uh, if you if you subtract a couple of tracks, I would say that on its own it stands mm-hmm. as a as a great record. And imagine if you didn't have the musical theater trappings. If you could just focus on yeah, it being well, an album, thing that, and you're working with maybe, Bob Ezrin and Michael Kamen, and you know, some of that probably needs to be stripped away. But <laughs> yeah, I just I started. I saw a lot of talented names mentioned here. By the way, uh, the person who basically is responsible for the movie. Uh, Rocky Horror popping in in the West or in in America rather Lou Adler, executive mm-hmm. producer who also produced like all the classic Carol uh, Carol King albums Tapestry. Yeah, he was all over everything. Hello, we're talking yeah. Lou. We're talk we're talking Ezrin. There's so many talented people at these. Just I wish it all came together. You know. Sometimes that's a problem though. Like when when there are too many cooks who are there because of their lofty stature. Yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes it's missing the the grittiness. Yeah, well, that's or, what you get. Like edgy, you... probably difficult. If I'm guessing Richard O'Brien in there to be the dictator, and to yeah. you know, it never would have happened. You know, there's a reason that Richard O'Brien had to do what he did. But imagine if yeah, he could if he could get it together with Curry. I got to show you a Tim Curry song now. That's what I got to do. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what this uh, his foray into pop music sounds this like. This is the highest charting song Tim Curry ever had. Uh, this is actually one that he co-wrote. I heard some covers uh, that were pretty interesting. Um, a terrible reggae version of I Will by the Beatles. What? How do you do that song as reggae? And he's singing like a fake Jamaican accent. That was bad. That oh, was rough. That sounds like a problem. But then there's a live version of him covering Simple Twist of Fate. And okay. when you hear it just as a recording, you're like, uh, okay. But I bet if you were in the room with him, hearing him do that, seeing him do that, it would have been the best moment of your life. Wow. Uh, just because okay. that's the magnetism of Tim Curry. But you got to have that translate to a recording when all you can do is hear. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's where you get that's Richard O'Brien thing. to make sure that the vision translates. Mm-hmm. But we're going to list. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> the first YouTube comment I just got to say is, it says I'm a hundred. I'm a thousand percent sure I'm pregnant after watching this. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, 
So we're going to listen to uh, Tim Curry's biggest hit. He co-wrote this. I imagine he just did the lyrics. Uh, they seem personal. Okay. Um, it's called I Do the Rock. And uh, it's a stupid song, but boy, has, has this been in my head all week. Um, you okay. ready? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. That hair. Oh, man, that's huge hair. <laughs> he's ready to go. Look at him. Hey, he's fired up. Little werewolves of London flavor in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did sit well giving readings, 14 Moscow Road. Osbert giving champagne parties, Sashi's got dick gold. Gertrude's hanging pictures, Alice making. Oh, this is very, very Bowie. This is like a thousand times more Bowie than. French accent for some reason. <laughs> stupid face he not, this is not Bowie. Yeah, I don't hate this. It's, you know? it's, it's stupid. It's seriously it's function. It's fun and there's something here, but it's it's half baked. Yeah, it's a half-finished idea. You need, although I don't know where you'd go if you finished it. You get Richard O'Brien coming and going, No, 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 I've written a story that we're going to do a concept album about aliens. Yeah, there's no... Uh, there's, there's no grown-up here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? What made those songs work so well was that there was a narrative. Yes. And that's going back to our, the, our favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of needs that because he's vaguely talk-singing... And he's and he's putting across this this point. He's putting across himself as the as the main character right. of the song, but he's a performer. Yes. So he need he needs a story. He needs a narrative in order to really sink his teeth into it. And this, unfortunately, I do the rock doesn't have the same kind yeah. of uh, engaging narratives that that rock and horror does. Mr. Richard O'Brien with his shock treatment. I mean, the movie's kind of a mess. It's kind of all over the place. But like I said, a lot of creative original ideas. Some. Some stuff that, you know, a movie's one thing, but you get a lot more freedom when you just make songs and then have quirky moments and lyrics in the songs. You know, you don't, you're not so beholden to keeping people's interest in the same way. You don't have the same sort of financial pressure. It's like, uh, are you, are you seeing my vision now or or am I uh, on my own here? Uh, No, I I think that they could have cooked up something special. I mean, just because I thought that this brand of glam rock was just a one-off thing for Tim Curry. I thought that was the stumbling block. Uh, but he was going back after it, maybe trying to go further in that direction or recapture some of what he felt on that film set. So, uh, no, it seems like everyone was down for it, but maybe Tim Curry went after the folks he thought were going to, you know, yeah. make it better when in actuality he just got away from the realness. Yeah. <sighs> what could have been... Yeah, Herkimer, you know. Herkimer. Herkimer should have got with Riff Raff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he should have, yeah. Or even if Riff Raff couldn't get it together to work with Curry, I wish, at the very least, and you can probably agree with me on this, I wish he had just, you know, you go, you go on to the rest of your career in the 80s and 90s and beyond. You know, you do your TV spots and your movies, but a few years there, man, I just wish he had focused on music more instead of trying to get a movie off the ground. Well, I think maybe, I mean, I can't speak for this 
person's psychology. I don't know anything about him other than he made one thing I really like. But like, if it was early in his career, it must be difficult to shine like that early on. And especially in a way where it's like it has this cult status that just keeps growing. It took a while for that, though. That was years. It was a flop when it came out. It was like a slow burn to realize how big the impact it was having. Right, but it's this thing that keeps continuing to grow. Oh, for sure now, yeah. And and in a way, that's sort of like an albatross because it's not even like you release it and it flops or you release it and it succeeds. You release it and it's a seed. Yeah. So uh, it's growing alongside you and must be hard to sort of move on from that. Yeah, I know he says, like, he'll never get tired of this the stage show because that's like a sp- spontaneous new experience every time you do it. But uh, from the mm-hmm. sound of it, he is pretty goddamn sick of watching that movie. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, if you thought the Frankenfurter scene was tedious, I'm sure he feels the same way. But, oh boy. All right, well, I hope someone out there got as excited as I did to mention what could have been a Love Me, the, the, the Tim Curry, I Love Me, the, uh, the Richard O'Brien tracks revisionist history if only i want to have a time machine i want to go back i want to pretend to be lou adler or some mucky muck manager and be like get your head out of your butt you need to get in back into the studio mm-hmm. yeah set this set this uh, on a right path yeah. uh so what did we learn today i mean i think learn new metal with- needs to stay buried <laughs> needs to stay where it is in the late 90s early 2000s although it is very much alive like, I hate to break it to you, but yep. it's still doing its thing. It's, like, as viable of a genre as hey, anything. You kids have a good time. It's making money. But, uh, yeah, I will say that uh, I don't I, – I have a hard time seeing the appeal of it now. I think some of those songs, if I was, like, 12, I would have been like, yeah, you know, maybe. But, um, yeah, at some point we'll have to do a Deftones episode. And oh, I can't wait. Make, I'm so looking forward really to happy that. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, yep. I learned, uh, not to dig any deeper into new metal. And then, um, I learned that you're also a fellow Rocky Horror fan. Yeah. If you ever get the chance, go out and, I mean, your, your days of being out at midnight might be behind you, but if you ever get the chance, it is, uh, it's definitely a fun time. Um, you learn all the lines that people yell at the screen. People act it out in front of the screen. That was always cool to see. Yeah. They throw utensils really, and things. Yeah, yeah. They really. I've heard all the. They really make it a real good time. You know, you, you stop looking at the movie, you start looking at the stage in front of you. So, well, I could be wrong now. Oh, so lackluster. Well, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, add uh, sound effects to that later. You don't know what it's going to sound like. Okay, so it'll, it'll be, be a bit stronger yeah. than that. Like a big fart sound or... You'll see. Something like that? You'll see. <laughs> and I will say so long, suckers. And um, we'll see you next time. Are you going to say something about people writing reviews? Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, if you like this podcast, (laughs) will you not consider writing a review or leave a rating? You can subscribe Mm -hmm. to make sure you don't miss future episodes. And uh, follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or gosh darn it, TikTok. Oh, those dance challenges. Yeah. Thomas's dance challenges. I do the rock. Uh, he's going to do a dance bing, challenge bing, too. Yeah. No, I'm. Oh, that'd make me so happy if you put that up. I mean, is there anything more niche than that whole <laughs> me experience? Me and like Tim Curry's kids <laughs> would know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Our audience of five yeah. would be interested. In I that. think definitely. All right. Stay cool. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.
keep it root and 